All right, put those hands together. Give the Lord the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserved. For this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What a wonderful opportunity to be able to come and worship our God this morning in spirit and in truth. For those of you all who are joining us on our Zoom congregation, I want to wave at you. For those of you all that are joining us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room on our church website, Welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So we want you to do us this favor. If you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline, tag those you want to invite to the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and text the link to, of this worship service to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in the chat window to share this experience with others. Also, wherever you're watching us, let us know the city and state. Just put it in your um, chat window, and we will, on our timeline, give you a major, major shout-out. Amen. And even if you feel bold, why don't you just take a picture of wherever you are and put it uh, in the post so that we can give God praise for you. And I also want you to do me the same, but if you are a first-time visitor, just let us know you are a first-time guest, and uh, our social media influencers and digital ministers will give you a major, major shout-out. Amen. Minister Joshua Jordan is going to be uh, leading us as far as our worship experience is concerned. If you would do me a favor, put your hands together, give God praise as he comes to lead us this morning. Clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. I said clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. I know all over, this, all over the country this weekend, people are celebrating freedom for America and the 4th of July. But we in Christ, we have a freedom that we can celebrate every single day. Okay? I know that some people only think July 4th is the day for freedom. But we know that who the sun sets free is free indeed. We know that, that, Jesus, that, that the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. All right, we have freedom in Christ. And freedom from what? We have freedom from sin. Freedom from death, hell, and the grave. And we have freedom to come before God's throne room boldly and ask of anything. We have freedom to lift our hands and praise him even right now. I'm thankful for the freedom that Christ has provided for us. I have a right and I have a reason to give God praise. Because I am free in Christ. I'm thankful for freedom this morning. The freedom that Christ gives. Let us celebrate let us worship our God and let us begin with the opening hymn, crown him. Let us sing with our quad uh, chorus.
Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 19. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it reads as follows. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant for the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of, the, of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid, him, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Then the, law, the Lord called Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have, I, have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. <laughs> and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent, he deceived me and I ate. 
So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your, con and your conception. And pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then for Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, which I, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Amen. God's word for God's people. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come before you and worship you one more time in spirit and in truth. God, we're thankful that we got to see another day, Lord, another month, God. It's the month of July in 2022. We know some of us did not think we would be here in this moment, even right now, but for that, we are thankful, God. We will take make the most of this opportunity to come and gather amongst your people one more time and praise and worship you. I pray that your spirit has its way in this place, God. Move from heart to heart. Move from person to person, breast to breast, God. I pray that you give Dr. Scott a word that can encourage all of us. I pray that the choir sings with passion and conviction. And I pray that our spirits uplift and that we may leave here never the same. God, we give you all the praise. God, we give you all the glory. Holy Spirit, have your way. We welcome you in this place. It's in your son, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
phone if you know you were created to give God praise. You ought to try to do that right about now. You and I were created to give God praise. That's how we bring God glory through our praise. And all you got to do is, why should I praise God? Very simply, because he woke you up this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, let's celebrate our young adult praise scene and give God thanks for their gift. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. We greet you in the only name that ultimately matters. That's the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what a blessed delight it is for us to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. Amen. It is so good to to be back in God's house. And uh, I want to thank Minister Joshua Jordan for reminding us that we are celebrating this country's birthday. Um, And um, um, I'm glad I'm part of another country. Because this country don't care too much about folks who look like me. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad I'm part of another country. Let me, if I could, I want to just share uh, uh, a few concerns with you all from my desk as we move forward uh, uh, in worship today. Um, Next Sunday is Family and Friends Day, and we're ordaining our deacons. Uh, They had their exam on Friday night, and those that took their exams passed. Amen. Somebody said hallelujah. You might need to say that again. (laughs) Bless their hearts. They had a seven-page exam and then oral catechism. Um, um, Now, I don't play with training. Um, and um, they passed. Um, some were flying colors and some barely, but they passed. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm so glad I got some good onboard deacons because they say, well, pastor, they have good hearts. I said, yes. Praise black Jesus and his mama Mary. Um, uh, but moving from the ridiculous to the sublime, we're going to ordain them next Sunday. I guess preacher is going to be the Reverend Dr. Marvin Mickle. Um, we're going to have reserved seatings for deacons in training. Uh, so deacons in training and others, if you have family that are coming, uh, we will not be saving seats for them. First come, first serve. Uh, so uh, keep that in mind because you will not be able to wait in the lobby for your group to gather. Uh, gather outside. COVID is still real. We're still wearing our masks. Gather outside and those that you want to have come in. Deacons and training, you know you need to be here no later than 9.30 on next Sunday. Also, Dr. Redman asked me to remind you we have a mobile blood drive here at the church uh, next Sunday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. We need at least 20 people to sign up so that we can be eligible to have that mobile blood drive. And there's blood shortage throughout the Mecklenburg-Charlotte area. And um, that mobile bus is going to be on Allen Street in front of the youth sanctuary. And so we're asking that if you would, please, ma'am, please, sir, uh, make consideration to give blood. Uh, There is a sign-up sheet, am I right, on the website? Outside, okay. There's a sign-up sheet. 
uh, our medical team has that. Uh, and there's a China sheet in the vestibule. Uh, so please uh, sign up for blood. Let, let my soon-to-be future second vice president of the women come on in. Come on in, Lisa and Tisa. Come on in. Amen. Um, let me also just mention that um, on July the 17th, July 17th, we're going to be doing Souls to the Poles from St. Paul. Uh, our social justice ministry is inviting you to bring souls to the polls on, amen, July 17th. And this is to vote in Charlotte's um, uh, municipal election. So the city council and the mayoral election is uh, up for uh, voting and sample ballots will be available next Sunday. Uh, do your research, come prepared to participate. Please exercise your right to vote. Let me just say that it is important. I want you to hear me and hear me well. It is important for you to vote in all elections. The reason we're in the mess we're in right now is because we don't vote in all elections. And let me tell you what's getting ready to happen across this country. Um, there's a supreme, there, there is from the state of North Carolina, a case that's making its way up to the Supreme Court that dealt with how we drew the lines here in North Carolina. And if the Republicans can have their way, in which I'm mighty afraid they might just because of the makeup of the, the court now, that they may rule in favor of the Republican legislature, which means they can create the map however they want to. Y'all missed that. They, they, they can create the map however they want to, which means that basically they can create it so that Democrats have less and less of a chance of becoming part of the state legislature. Now, why is that important? Because the state legislature draw the boundaries for congressional districts. All right. They draw the boundaries for congressional districts. Congressional districts then determine who go to Congress. Then in Congress, they continue to make laws and, and so on and so on. See, let, let me just say, don't get it twisted. Voting for president is very important. But the most important elections. All right. Let, let, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be. I'm trying. No, 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 I don't want y'all to clap. Y'all need to vote. Here, here it is. No, I, I need you to hear me. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. The reason we are where we are is because we focus more on the president than we did on our local elections. All right? So, so, so during midterms, you didn't really vote. But every four years, you went and voted for Barack. You voted for Barack or, 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 or John McCain. You voted for Barack or Mitt Romney. You voted for Trump or Hillary. You voted for Biden and Trump. Uh, uh, you, you voted for president, but you didn't vote in local elections. And, 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 while, and while certain folks are playing checkers, other folks are playing chess. Because for the Republicans, it was never about the presidency. It was about the Supreme Court. 
Y'all missed it. it. It was about the Supreme Court. Because they figured if we could get a majority on the Supreme Court, it don't matter who the president is. It, it's never, it's in the last 40, it's never been about the president. It's been about the Supreme Court because they've even been able to limit whenever a Democrat was in the White House, limit who he, he, who he could bring to be considered for the Supreme Court. Ask Barack. They were playing long game, we were playing short. All right? So, so, so every election has consequences, which means that if you live in Charlotte and you haven't voted by July 17th, you better get in your car and go to Souls to the Polls and vote. All right. That's my spiel for today. Um, uh, <laughs> Y'all do know COVID is still real. So if you're sick, stay home. Um, continue to wear your mask and become vaccinated. And get your booster. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to get my boost. I didn't want to get my booster this past week because I had to preach today. But do know this week I'm getting my booster so that if it knocked me down, at least I have a day to be out. Um, but get your booster. If they come out with a third booster, I'm getting that too. And a fourth and a fifth. Listen, this, this thing is real, so we need you to get vaccinated. All right, that's enough of my spiel um, as far as that's concerned. Joshua, get ready to come lead us in prayer. And as we get ready to go to prayer, um, we want to lift up the family of Merlin Biddle, who is the brother of disciple Victoria Biddle, um, and uh, the brother-in-law of Sister Janie Biddle. Services were yesterday in Chesterfield, South Carolina. We continue to lift up the family of uh, disciple Priscilla Rucks, um, her husband, Arthur Rucks, uh, as we funeralized her a couple of weekends ago, and the family of Sister Elizabeth Hines, who is the mother of disciple Martha Hines. On our sick and shut-in list, we're going to lift up Joseph Barron, who was in the hospital. I believe he's out now. Oscar Frazier, David Johnson. Uh, Yvonne Pettis, who the Lord is just doing some wonderful work as far as her life is concerned with her cancer. We thank God for that Crystal Truesdale. We want to continue to lift up our pastor emeritus, Paul Drummond, and his wife, Sister Thomasina Drummond, as well as others that are on our sick and shut-in list. And so, uh, if you would, uh, Joshua, if you would, come and take us to the throne of grace. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, right now we just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a good, good father. Thank you for being God all by yourself. You don't need no help, God. And for that, we can say thank you. God, we know we haven't dotted every I, crossed every T. We know we haven't been perfect. God, right now I confess all of our sins. God, the sins that we've committed of omission and commission, God, I want to say that we're sorry. That I'm sorry, God, for not being perfect. But God, I'm so thankful for your forgiveness. I'm thankful that, that, that you think enough of us. That even when we mess up, that even when we don't get it right, that you still give us another chance. And for that, God, I can just say thank you, Lord. God, I know we don't deserve your grace, but ooh-wee, I can shout for your grace. And ooh-wee, 
I can shout for your mercy. God, thank you. God, right now I know that there's so many of us that are hurting. So many of us that, that don't know how we're going to pay for our bills, Lord. So many of us within our midst, Lord, that, that, that are sick in our body. But Lord, we know that you are the master doctor. Lord, we know that you own a cow on a thousand hills. Lord, we know that, you're, that, that, that you can do it all, Lord God. God, we put all of our trust, all of our faith in you, Lord God, because we know that you are the one who will see us through. God, encourage every, everyone that's downtrodden, God. Mend every broken heart. Heal everybody, God. We trust and we believe you even right now, Lord God. You have all power in your hands. And we're so thankful that you are God and that you're a good, good father. It's in your son's mighty and holy name we pray. Amen. If you believe that God is answering your prayer, can you give God praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you say ooh we? Boy, you I talk about my Mississippi. That's that's deep down Texas. All right. It's time to give. Let's give God praise for the wonderful opportunity to give. Let me just say before we give, we are raising $50,000 for the Charlotte Rescue Mission. This church, uh, through your gifts and your kindness and generosity, we want to give to the Charlotte Rescue Mission $50,000. This is home mission. We've done foreign mission last year with Haiti. We now want to do home mission with the Charlotte Rescue Mission. And uh, we have raised $5,925 as of June the 26th. Amen. So we got another at least $44,000 to go. We need, we want to get this in at least by the end of September, by the end of September. September, I want to have $50,000 so that we can give to the Charlotte Rescue Mission. And we want you to be kind and generous as far as that's concerned. There's a special place, if I'm correct, Karen, on Givelify that you can give as far as the Charlotte Rescue Mission is concerned. There's also on your tithing envelope, you can put Charlotte Rescue or just put Rescue Mission, and we'll know to give you credit for that. The Charlotte Rescue Mission helps men and women who are dealing with alcoholism, drug addiction, and homelessness. They're building a $25 million facility, and we just want to do our small small part. And if we raise this $50,000, we will be included in the pantheon of major supporters as far as that's concerned. I would love for St. Paul's name to be listed in... Uh, time memorial as far as giving aid and assistance to our brothers and sisters who need it. So we want to raise this $50,000 and we want to do it by the end of September. Hopefully by October, cut a check for $50,000 or anything over that we raise to give to the Charlotte Rescue Mission. Can we do it? Amen. So there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. The first way is you can give by dropping off your check, money order, or cash here at the church. Call the church office at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive it. Or you can mail it, uh, your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. You can also 
give through ACS or Church Life online. You can give through Givelify. If you don't have that app on your smart device, download it from your app store, connect to your favorite credit card, search for St. Paul Baptist Church, and in three clicks, you can give. If you have a physical offering in the church, you can drop that in the basket on the road that is in front of you, and our account team will receive it. So however you're giving today, if you're giving using your smart device or using a physical offering, if you would, or if you drop your offering off at the church, just put your right hand in the air or raise your offering. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to give, to participate with you in kingdom building through our gifts. For those who are practicing the, the discipline of giving tithes and offerings, we thank you. For those, oh God, who give something but yet not doing the discipline of the tithe and offering, we celebrate them and yet, God, we pray that you will prompt them to give that discipline giving and then go beyond to grace giving. And then, God, for those who feel like they don't have to give anything, tenderize their hearts, help them to understand that giving is part of worshiping you. Take these gifts, multiply them in a Godful ways so that ultimately we can do your work through the village, the tribe known as St. Paul. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. For my brothers and sisters that have fisk offering, if you will place it in the basket in front of you, we thank God for your wonderful gift and your capacity in giving at this moment. Praise you. 
Thank you. 
Are there any grateful folks in the house? Thank you, Scott, and to our young adult ensemble for uh, informing us how grateful, how thankful we should should be. We just got some gifted musicians and singers. I'm, I'm going to ask Scott to stop playing because I really want to pay him a, a compliment. I, I, didn't quite, I didn't quite get it when I first got here nearly six years ago, you know, because in some churches, anybody that got a voice, just let them sing. That ain't like that here at St. Paul. <laughs> and um, I now that I've been saturated and enveloped in this culture, so appreciate the high level of expectation and excellence. Because singing just ain't some folks' gift. No matter how much they want to do it. And so I'm glad he's the gatekeeper for our music ministry. Thank you, Scott. Hallelujah. Last couple of times I've been preaching, I've been coming from Romans chapter 5, and I can't let it go. So I want to go back to Romans chapter 5, verse 12 through 21. The subject is the same, <laughs> but um, let's see what the Lord would do. Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 12, it reads like this. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed or credited where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned. From Adam to Moses, even over those who have not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is the type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. 
But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to preach the same thing I've been preaching the last couple of times I've been standing. I don't deserve it, but I'll take it. Yeah, I don't deserve it, but I'll take it. Genetics, genetics, genetics. There are some conditions we are predisposed to deal with because of genetics. Um, therefore, family medical history is so important because it can help you to deal with future health concerns. When I look at my personal family history, um, on both my mother and father's side, there are some conditions that impact them medically to which my siblings and even my daughter must be concerned about. Health issues like diabetes, high blood pressure, and cancer are diseases my siblings and even my daughter must be alert because it's part of the genetic code from both sides of my family. Interestingly, when I was diagnosed uh, in 2015 with diabetes, I will never forget the words my late father said to me. He said, man, I see how done passed on that Funches curse. It is important for family to talk to each other so you can be aware of potential health challenges and to do all you can to avoid them if possible or to deal with them if you have to. There's a field, there's a field, Brother Pop, in, in psychology called epigenetics. Epigenetics is the study of how your environment, your upbringing, and other factors can change the way your genes are activated and expressed. Uh, epigenetics uh, do not alter the sequence of your DNA, but it plays an important role in the development of your DNA, thereby altering whether genes become active or remain dormant. These changes can be caused by stress, smoking, drinking, diet, exercise, drug use, or even childhood trauma, thereby causing certain aspects of your DNA not to be fully engaged in sequential ordering, which may produce certain health concerns and bodily functions. It can even stunt your capacity to be all that you can be. This, this is why it's so important uh, if you're grown and you've had childhood trauma that you get some therapy so you can heal from that mess. So, and so that you don't pass that mess on down to your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, experiences like molestation and abuse or abandonment can play a role in you becoming susceptible to emotional challenges and mental health issues. When I think about genetics, which deal with DNA being passed down through my family bloodline, or epigenetics would deal with the environment and the impact that could have on my potential to be all that I know I can be, 
uh, I thank God that God has made me aware of where I am as far as my health is concerned and where I am as far as epigenetics because I discovered that in therapy that if I don't deal with some stuff that if I'm not careful I could pass that mess on to my daughter and if she had children she could pass that mess on to her children and so this is why I personally go see a therapist once a month so I could deal with my stuff um, yeah, your pastor got stuff, and I don't want my stuff to be passed on to my daughter, and I don't want my stuff to inhibit my marriage, and, and I don't want my stuff to mess up what I do as far as the Lord is concerned, so, so I deal with my stuff, so from an epigenetic perspective, that as I am being made well, my daughter ain't got to deal with that mess. Now, why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this by virtue of the fact that there's some stuff I can't escape. Um, uh, some stuff just happened to fall upon me because we, we have some biblical foreparents by the name of Adam and Eve that messed up our DNA. They messed up our DNA when they disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden. And so you and I now have in our DNA, we are S-I-N positive. All because Adam and Eve decided to listen to a snake and become gods in their own eyes. Because you do know that it was God's original intention for us to live in the very presence of God forever and ever. And, 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 and with Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God, God's original intention became distorted and disrupted because of disobedience. To which now we have to suffer alienation and separation from God and each other. In fact, particularly Adam's disobedience messed all of us up and it even messed up the planet earth we got messed up because of hatred separation and power dynamics that were introduced into the human equation to the point that do you all not realize that when a man talks about being head of the house and head of his wife that wasn't God's intention that God's intention was for humanity to be equal with one another, but when sin came into existence, that now you got power dynamics of man going around talking about, I'm the head of my wife. And that was never God's intention because God didn't take Eve from the head. He took Eve from the side. Somebody catch that on the way home. The planet got mixed up. Because we got a distorted view of stewardship because we think this is our world. And it ain't our world, it belongs to God. And one day we got to give an account to God for how we messed up God's world. Think about what's going on right now. Climate change, melting polar caps, intensified hurricanes, extreme tornadoes, fire in various parts of the world, drought, famine, declining drinking water resources and a whole bunch of earthquakes. As a matter of fact, do y'all not realize there are earthquakes taking place in North and South Carolina? 
And then on top of that, this, the culture and, and even the country are, are acting just like Adam and Eve through white supremacy, patriarchy, sexism, idolatry, and classism, and being xenophobic. That means being fearful of foreigners. Y'all, St. Paul, I, I am so afraid of what is happening in our country through this thing called Christian nationalism. Because Christian nationalism in the United States is not rooted in a relationship with God through the biblical historical Christ, but it is connected to power structures and systems that will keep white people in power while they oppress others. I know I'm getting ready to make somebody mad, but I'm here to let you know Jesus did not come to establish the United States as the new Israel. And Jesus certainly did not come to, to establish the United States as his kingdom on earth. Rather, Jesus came to call all of us, regardless of where we live, to be part of the kingdom of God. Now, I know on tomorrow we'll celebrate our country's founding. Uh, but our country was founded on some jacked up stuff. I know y'all don't like it. But I'm going to preach it anyhow. Because this idea of America exceptionalism, thinking that we're God's greatest gift in human history, God's going to put us on blast. Because I'm mighty afraid that judgment is coming to the United States of America. I read from... One of the smartest persons I know is named Dr. Matthew Johnson. He pastors in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, he has a PhD in uh, philosophical theology from the University of Chicago. Just absolutely brilliant. He, 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 he puts it like this. He said, and I quote, America, America is becoming a backwater Dixieland country. While other countries are rising to the forefront to take our place on the stage of world history. Perhaps the idea of manifest destiny to which this country is written in the apocalyptic literature of Revelation when John wrote, Babylon the Great has fallen. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to reference it. But maybe America is not Israel, but Babylon. Maybe, just maybe, America is not all that she thinks she should be. But perhaps maybe America is one of those instruments in the Bible whereby God said, I'm sick and tired of your idolatry. May, may, maybe, maybe the God of the United States is not the God of heaven and earth, but the God of capitalism and white supremacy and racism and sexism and classism 
and militarism. And all of those different idols have come together. And, and, and maybe, just maybe, God has said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of y'all thinking you're all that and a bag of chips. I'm going to show you who the real God is. This ain't no shouting sermon. But, but, but here's one of the problems, Sister Gwen, and, and, and it's the problem with, with us as church folks. Because one thing we don't like to talk about, one thing we don't like to reference, one thing we don't like to say the word is sin. And it gets quiet. And you can hear a rat-licking lard. Sin. Sin has messed a lot of us from the flow up. Paul reminds us how through one man, Adam, sin came into the world. And when sin came into the world, death was the ultimate consequence of sin. Sin has caused humanity to contaminate every good thing that God has made. It is not God's original plan for us to have been separated from God. It was never God's original plan for us to have to deal with physical death. All human beings have two things in our DNA. We all are sinners. And we all gonna die. Paul said in Romans 3.23, all have sinned. Help me preach this thing and fall in short of the glory of God. Paul even takes it to a whole nother level in Romans 6, 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Sin has messed all of us up. That's why we got to deal with the distortion of the good God intended to the corruption of the bad the devil will use to keep us in bondage. This, this, this is what sin will do. Sin will turn love to lust, joy to sorrow, comfort to calamity, peace to pity, hope to hell, virtue to vices, faith to fear, honesty to corruption, humility to hubris, anointing to arrogance, respect to shame, gladness to grief, generosity to greed, friends to enemies, beauty to ashes, victory to defeat, innocent to guilt, and life to death. But I am glad that sin does not have to be the last word in the state of affairs of our human predicament. Why? Because God sent Jesus to correct it. Here is what is absolutely incredible and amazing about God is that God and the God's divine attribute is how God inserted God's self to correct and deliver us from mess that we created. And it's really a demonstration of God's grace and mercy in the midst of human tragedy, how God set into motion reconciliation and redemption for something that God did not mess up. 
You and I ought to shout by the mere fact of the length and width and height and depth that God has gone through to reclaim, redeem, remake, restore, refocus, reconnect, redirect, reassemble, recapture, recover, and relocate a sinful, broken, troubled humanity back to the grace, mercy, and presence of the Almighty God. And when you think about all that God has done to reclaim us, to get us back to him, it ought to elicit a shout of praise and thanksgiving. It ought to make you grateful. As a matter of fact, the reason you and I should be grateful is how God did for us what we did not ask for and what we certainly do not deserve. As a matter of fact, when you think about salvation, it is the result of God's initiative, not anything that you and I have done. God was the one that started the process of salvation in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that when Adam and Eve messed up humanity through their disobedience God said I tell you what I'm going to send a seed of the woman she shall bruise the head of the serpent it shall bruise his heel y'all don't you realize that at that moment he introduced by the word Jesus Christ into the human predicament to let us know that he is on his way from the moment our biblical foreparents fell and disobeyed God to our current reality God has been prompting and prodding and presenting God's self to humanity to solicit a broken and corrupted yet sincere yes to the call of salvation what do I mean that even when you and I say yes to God to save us from our sins, we go back and forth between doing things that pleases God and doing things that sadden God. But yet when you think about God's movement in salvation history, it does not happen without God bringing every fiber of God's being to the process. Look at how the eternal, transcendent, sovereign God who is beyond time and space becomes captivated by God's creatures whereby God secures every aspect of salvation through the three tenses of time, past, present, and future. Can I teach just a little bit? Here it is. In the past, God has already fully accomplished justification for the one that says yes to Jesus Christ. In the present, God is working out the daily aspect of salvation through this thing called sanctification, which means I may not be what I should be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. And in the future, God is going to complete the work of God's salvation through the finishing work known as glorification, which means that when God God gets through with me I shall come forth as prayer go I ain't getting no wings but I'm gonna get a brand new body that will one day be with the best in the very presence of the Almighty God forever and ever and here's the shout it is something that you and I don't deserve but you and I ought to take it because of another man by the name of Jesus Here's what Paul here's what Paul is sharing with us in these verses I read to you that in Romans 5 12 through 21 Paul has given us insight about the difference between Adam 
and Jesus. The contrast between Adam and Jesus is so startling, it's so remarkable, it's so amazing, until why would anyone want to remain under the curse that Adam brought into the human equation? Paul puts Adam on one side, and he puts Jesus on the other side. And when you look at what Adam has done, and you look at what Jesus can do, it's no comparison. Because in verses 12 through 14, sin came into the world through Adam's disobedience in the garden. Adam's act of sin infected and impacted all of humanity. Our bloodline has been infected. Our DNA has been impacted. All of us in here are S-I-N positive. The genetic code of our humanity became distorted. The epigenetics of our being are corrupt. Paul is trying to get us to understand this is what sin is like. Sin. Sin. I know we don't like to talk about it. Sin. Sin. Can y'all help me to spell sin? How you spell sin? Spell it one more time. What's in the middle of sin? Look at yourself. 